Well, originally when they were named. That's the way they did it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Green was green. I'm, I'm kind of surprised at comic books. Why don't you pull up your uh, microphone so we can record oh, the witty banter? We don't have well, any witty banter. You, may, you may have to come over to the other side, Greg. Oh, yeah. I don't think it'll reach far enough to... Yeah, that's about far as it goes. Okay. Scott's microphone is in a good place if his computer's doing the talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't ready yet. Terrible thing since I've been recording for a minute and a half. Oh, oh no! Uh, a whole minute? We lost a minute and a half of witty banter. Banter. <laughs> no, you just hear Scott's witty banter in the background. Oh, speaking oh. of which, hang on. Speaking of which, so I, I switched my my uh, launch of free comic or um, comic co-op to free comic book day the first Saturday in May. Okay. And I have uh, fifty thousand comics coming, and I'm giving them all away for free. They cost me nothing. They're like sixteen oh, cents no. a piece, but I just ordered more oh, and no. I didn't order enough. It was last night, and it was DC, DC Nation Zero, the beginning of the new, they're ending Rebirth, and they got a guy from Marvel to come over to do Superman, and uh, I only ordered 500 of those, because I got some variants, and now I'm thinking, damn it, they were 16 cents a piece, that was like 80, 90 bucks? Yeah. The hell was I being such a stin for? And then I remember, oh yeah, right, it's 25 cents a bo- or $25 a box to ship them to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I was like, oh right, so it's expensive, I forgot. <laughs> Give yep. me a couple. We'll hand them out. Anybody who can uh, find us at a stamp, shot, uh, stamp show can say, can I have a comic book? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to do. So for free comic book day, if you go to any comic book shop the first Saturday in May, anywhere in the country, they'll give you free comics. And some of them are quite valuable. Mm. And um, like there was a Rick and Morty one last year. It's great. Oh, no, yeah, I love Rick and Morty. So like some of them go to $25 the next day. It's crazy, yeah. right? People wow. get them graded. Uh, the funny thing is, people aim, stamp them, and that aim damages more, them. Aim more into your mic. Oh, yeah. They stamp them, and it damages them. I always give them away unstamped. Yeah. But now I'm going to give them away free online with, uh, I don't know, I can't really pay for that shipping. This is too much. Yeah, I know. So what I'll do is, um, with any order, you get free comic book day. Well, at the hmm. last Fullerton stamp show, there were two people. And this had been, you know, for months I hadn't heard nothing about this. And then two people just happened to be there. They were talking about sample slabs. What's that? You know how coins are slabbed. They call them slab, but they're, you know, holders. Those oh, yeah, plastic yeah, holders. Yeah, we, call, we call that in we, a we comic call, slabs. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. Yeah. They make samples to give out to people to show you what a slabbed stamp or a slabbed coin oh, looks cool. like. Yeah. Well, they are highly collectible. How? Oh, why? And there were two people who were asking Steve for past PSE uh, sample slabs. What? Yeah. 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 Cause like, why uh, are they collectible? Well, we, oh, would, we would take, this we would take, uh, so we would have a, a, a show and the theme of the show would be, I don't know, pick a topic, California well, statehood yeah, or something right, the like California that. California one. And so we would find a, an old stamp that was inexpensive that related to California statehood. And we would slab up a whole bunch of them. And, and buy give them out. It's three, like the Maryland know, one you gave me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Except oh, yeah, that's actually, on my wall. We'd, we'd, buy, <laughs> we'd buy three or four sheets, break them all up, slab them, and give them out. Now, they wouldn't be expertized. They wouldn't be graded. They're just samples. They're just yeah. identified. And then usually we'd put a um, – Cash would find some sort of a, a small image that could be printed on it. Right so now – there was like a little background image on the front. Rather than just the plain Do you guys number them or anything flip. cool? No, 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 no. Right now we have ones. I we should have we should, we should have done them. <laughs> we should have done limited edition one. Right, right well, they're now, all limited edition. Right now we have ones for World War One. Oh, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and they're just the various different values of the current issue that was, you know, the definitive issue well, that was in the, use during the, and why that do people time. Collect them though, just to show they were at that event or something. Is that why? No, they just like it because it's something that uh, it's is stamp related. Ca- it's stamp relatable, it. and you it's can kind of like swag. You can complete a set of them. Oh, oh, right. Okay, okay. You can't have everyone you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I don't cool. know if you can because have nobody, you guys kept one of each? Nobody knows. Well, I I had one of each until I stopped getting them. Oh no! <laughs> that you always hear that about companies. They start we something can, cool and they forget can, to keep it from themselves. Yeah, we can probably scrounge up one of each. Oh, you should. Yeah. and start a board of it. You know, yeah. like a wall decoration that'd look cool in here. Well, right now what we give out is uh, like Scott said, World War One. But in addition to that, we also get U.S. number 65s, which uh, is the stamp that was issued during the Civil War. Okay. And we'll slab up those things, and it'll say, you know, a relic of the Civil War on it. Kids love them. I mean, they, 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 it's like, oh, my God, is this really one, from the, the Civil one War? Show, like, the, yeah. one, cool. the one show that was remnants of the CSA sheet that got oh, yeah. chopped up. Oh, yeah. Um, somebody chopped up uh, an imperforate Confederate States of America sheet of stamps. Yeah. And Cash got all the scrap. Cash, hear me? Yeah. Okay. Cash got all the scrap from between the stamps because they were cutting out hundred J's and stuff. And he took them all and started and slabbed all the the scrap that had like you know parts of the stamps on. (laughs) They're like three margin stamps. The Boy Scouts came in, and as soon as one of them got pointed out that this was an actual. Confederate states, yeah, some piece a of real it. piece of history kind of thing. He told all his buddies those things were gone in minutes. Oh yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every local Boy Scout went, came over and grabbed one of all the little ones we had, the Confederate states ones, gone. You know uh, the uh, the the cert that you gave me. You gave me that that book of comic book ones. Yep. Um, was that an expensive book? Like what? The sh- did, oh, the sheet. The sheet. Pain. What do they cost? Like. Twenty bucks? No, 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 no. Postage. The catalog eight ninety. Catalog marks them at double double face value. Yeah. But realistically, you can buy them anywhere from around face value to maybe just under. Oh, that's no. I don't think you get them for less. That sheet may be a little bit of a premium. Yeah, that's a premium. It's like Batman trying to find Batman at just face is really really tough. Because it'd be neat to take those the same method and uh, because I'm going to Comic Con this year. And I would just encapsulate them all, not grade them or whatever, and yeah. hand them out as freebies. And oh. then you could get the whole set. You know, that's kind of neat. And I put oh, something, be, yeah. some advertising on the back for Comic Co-op. Oh, put, I, yeah, put PSC on the front and put uh, Comic Co-op on the back. <laughs> yeah, people. You advertise both of us. If you've, <laughs> if you've ever been to Comic Con, it's ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody oh. wants everything. the The bags they give you literally are the biggest bags you ever seen in your life, and you wear as a backpack. One year they had a, f- a cape on it like you were Superman. And people just cram stuff in it. Yep. It's ridiculous. I saw a picture today of somebody walking around. Uh, some guy went around uh, one of the Comic-Cons or one of the conventions yeah. and dressed up as a drunk Uncle Ben. And he was falling down. To the, he was His idea was falling down to the floor and, and pretending to die in front of every Spider-Man <laughs> cosplayer he could to see how they'd react. God, he, had a, he had a photographer following us. <laughs> that it is was hilarious. Amazing. There's some amazing pictures. I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you. <laughs> that is great. That's harsh. I found out I was sitting, or, uh, sitting in Hall H next to a incredibly beautiful actress. I can't remember her name. She was just in Daredevil, the redhead. 
Daredevil. She was in. Uh, you uh, mean the Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He, I know. Yeah, she was in uh, Blood. Pure I, Blood. I, I True have Blood. no That's clue it. what her oh, name is. No. <laughs> yeah. So she was sitting next to me the entire time, dressed as Cousin It, or you know, the one with the big hair. Cousin Just, It. Yeah, Cousin It. So this beautiful actress next to me the entire time, and I had no idea. <laughs> Joking it up with her, like, ah, they're idiots. Ah. God, <laughs> damn. Who knew? Not you. <laughs> I found out later online. I was a little perturbed. No, I w- uh, we we like I said, we give these things out. I'll absolutely That'd slap a neat, bunch of those it? up. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out what else I could do. Deborah Ann Wall. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. You know what it made me fall for her? She built her boyfriend a she's like cosplayer, first of all. She's nuts. And she built her boyfriend a cabinet to store his comic books. That's a that's a keeper. Well, you know where they got all their money. <laughs> No. Uh, co-inventors of the tube sock. <laughs> uh, it's just off on royalties. <laughs> just uh, off. Yeah, just royalties. Oh, those, those those petered out in the 90s. Yeah. Congrat- <laughs> congratulations. You're now on the uh, inside joke of uh, uh-huh. the running gag of inventing tube socks in uh-huh. the show. <laughs> You've been baptized. By fire. Mm-hmm. Or by socks. Mm-hmm. Did you see Tom? Well... I saw you guys poking around it's with it, mouse. but I didn't actually oh, see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard you talking about it. This is uh, Don's big, big, big find. I can't live without it. It is a... Well, go ahead and tell me. Tell me what it it's is. It's a wireless mouse. In the Sh- shape of? of? A Mustang. The Mustang, the car. A GT. Ford Mustang. Ford, Ford Mustang. Mustang GT 5.0. Silver with black racing. And the buttons are the hood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really yeah. is. It really yeah. is a neat. No, it headlights. feels nice too. Yeah, it's, it's it, it well does. Built. It, it feels great. Oh, yeah. and the headlights turn on. Yeah, and the headlights turn on. And so it, now I have it a, fits your hand. But I have really, to really ask well. the ultimate question: When you're going around, you, when you're using it, do you go around pretending you're drifting, going? <laughs> I wouldn't do that in my actual Mustang. I wouldn't do it. Where'd you get it? Amazon. Oh. Amazon Mustang. But it's a Ford licensed product. Yeah. Amazon Ford Mustang mouse. Wireless mouse. Mm-hmm. Where's, the sh- where's the Chevy Camaro one that's got to be coming out next? Or it's already out? Uh, it's out. <laughs> uh, the ones I saw, uh, there's a Chevy Camaro, and there's also a, um, oh, there's lots of different VWs. The, uh, the old bugs. They stopped making those officially, and the new ones, too. They closed a the plant in Mexico. The bug is, the beetle is dead. The, I thought that was a while ago. The original Beetle no, is great, it. but oh, the okay. one they revamped 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, they were making, I know they were making 1976 VWs yeah, up until the 2000s. Yeah. Oh, and, I, yeah. I thought, I, maybe I misunderstood the article. Did you hear they're, they're bringing the Bronco back? Two, uh, 2020? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't buy the first year. They're first all going to always yeah. suck. They're all going to be white. But <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I really hope they make something nice there because I yeah. love the old Broncos. Mm-hmm. Well, 74 would be my dream. That's when they first put floor on the floor. The rest were three in the tree, lamey. Yes. Well, that's a funny one because uh, 
the 1957 Chevy short bed. Uh, they shipped everything down to Brazil, and they were making 1957 short Chevy short beds way up until the 1980s. Ah, so cool. So mm-hmm. it's stuff like it's just kind of neat. That's so cool. Yeah. So your mouse is cool. It's awesome. <laughs> it's better than cool. It's awesome. Hey, so why didn't you guys order some of the uh, Mr. Rogers stamps? I mean, I yeah, yeah cash. Yeah, yeah, cash. <laughs> not in the budget. <laughs> I just didn't. I mean, it's Mister Rogers. I'm I'm not a big fan. <laughs> we can get him at some time. You know what? I did order. I them. know why. Because you're too old for Mister Rogers. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, have just because you, ever heard you of the know the song doesn't mean you ever yeah, watched the show. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I've seen it a couple. Have times. you guys heard of the Mandela Effect? No. Oh, so you don't stay up late at night coding like I do. Uh, <laughs> so, no, we don't. Well, that's why it's coding terminology. It was first, no, it's not. Uh, it was first kind of coined by a reporter that noticed a strange thing where people seem to remember things wrong. And I bring it up because of Mr. Rogers. But initially it was named because a lot of people, when you ask them when Nelson Mandela died, and they say it was sometimes in the 80s. He actually died in 2013, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be this like dichotomy in memory. Some people remember this. Some people remember that. Huh. And they've applied this term, Mandela Effect, to many things. And Mr. Rogers is one of them. A lot of people say, I uh, think he said, it's a beautiful day in, in the neighborhood. Yeah. But he actually says it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Oh. And people will swear one way or the other. And it occurs across the board. Look it up. They're making a movie about it. They basically think it's mm-hmm. something like, you know, when they turn CERN on, parallel universes are colli- colliding. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember one way, you're from a tangent universe, and you remember another way. So eventually be a war, and we'll sort it all out. Yeah. Oh, what was <laughs> what's the song that everybody gets wrong? There's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> There's so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it and I'll post it in here. Uh, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great show called Coast to Coast late at night. Oh, I love, oh, yeah, love Coast it. to Coast. Yeah, I, I bought the uh, local V by tickets when he's here in June. Uh-huh. I'm a total dork. I'm you going, you're going to Silverton? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I thought about trying to get tickets for Chris. She loves the alien stuff. Oh, you know, it's like, all over the place. George nuts. Nori. Yeah. I'm, uh, like, I'm an old Art Bell guy, but still, it's, it's cool. And when I went to go buy the ticket, I'm like, oh, I should buy one. There was only one left. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of freaks in this town. So I'm, I'm totally going. Uh, one VIP ticket. I don't even know what that means. I got to shake George hands or something. I, don't I, I want to see Brian Suits. He's the one who who's on before. Yeah, is on, that uh, Darkness Radio? Dark, or, Dark, Dark, Dark Secret, Secret, Secret Zero? Place. Dark mm-hmm. Secret Place. Oh, okay. There's hey, so many you know of these shows see- now. Who we're seeing in two weeks? Yes, I know who we're seeing in two weeks. <laughs> Mr. Smith. Yes, yes, we are. Mr. Smith, uh, Kevin Smith, and uh, Ralph Garman uh, for their uh, Hollywood Babylon. Oh, how's he doing, by the way? He just recently had a heart attack, right? He had the same thing I did. Same thing as him. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. And he His survived just like you did. Was lucky. Got to the hospital in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it for Stamp Show here today. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do a countdown? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop it. <laughs> you always say we. Okay. Shall you do a countdown? Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? 
Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together Live from the Tom Schilling Memorial Lobster Boat off the northern coast of Maine This is the award-winning Stamp Show Here Today, episode number 167 I'm Cash The post office opened a new location in Miami, Florida. They will allowing guide dogs. Any dog can be a guide dog if you don't care where you're going. This is undisputable unless somebody disputes it. I just noticed my watch is three hours fast. I can't fix it, so I'm going to move to New York. I'm Scott. If all else fails, read the directions. <laughs> or in our case, the front of the catalog. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom. I have to say last week, my therapist told me to take all the uh, people I don't like and write letters to them and burn them. Well, I did that, and now I don't know what to do with the letters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Greg, a uh, comic book guy. I... Uh, didn't prepare anything funny. Sorry. <laughs> Neither did they. <laughs> excuse me. You could. Excuse me. You couldn't even laugh into the mic. You were laughing so hard. I know. <laughs> and I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. No superfluous flummery today. By the way, is this the third week we've been on this lobster boat? And why is it now my memorial lobster boat? <laughs> I don't know. Not that I'm not that I'm complaining. I mean, I've always wanted to own a boat. It's memorial. You burned everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one left to hold the title. You win! Yay! <laughs> Live, floating on a sea of dead letters, <laughs> <laughs> dead bodies. <laughs> I really enjoy these dead air spots. That Me too. Why, I was just thinking the same thing. That's why we edit. <laughs> Go for as, it, Don. As the old drama teacher yeah. that I had in high school would oh, say, I, a train could run through that queue. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're looking at the script, it's just... Which story? Uh, is, this, is this notes? Is this... Is this no, this is ready to go. Why did we choose a lobster boat, by the way? Because we did Cash came show. up with something, wanted something from the Northeast or something a couple weeks ago, and I said, hey, how about a lobster boat off the coast of Maine? <laughs> and then he's just never bothered to change it. <laughs> he just, he, yeah. Shows you who the real funny guy is, because, you know, the lobster boat stuck. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he hasn't beaten that dead horse yet. I'm just saying. Dead. Actually, it was a dead lobster. A <laughs> dead lobster. <laughs> now, this story is courtesy of the Wall Street Journal, 13th of February of 2018. Bill Gross to sell rare U.S. stamp collection for more than $9 million. The first sale is about 150 items, and they are the greatest hits of American stamp collecting. 
Really? How do they know they're going to sell for more than nine million? This is an open auction. Well, I'm sure. Well, the last one, uh, he already sold part, and uh, it was estimated at like seven million. But I thought that was and it got like nine and a quarter million. But I thought that was his non-U.S. stuff. That was. What's yeah, open auction mean, by the way? Anybody can bid. Oh, okay, so no uh, pre-qualification, right? Like that. Now, what if a bunch <laughs> of them don't sell? No credit check. You may required. not make it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They may be great, but what if nobody else wants them? I'm gonna put in a buck on each one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be the underbidder on the uh, C3A. I'll I'll send in like a $500 bet. Well, first of all, I don't think they would take that. And no. second, second of all, even if you put in a $50,000 bid, they may not even take that. Yeah, but I could yeah. still say I'm a... I mean, I already claimed that I'm a, I ran for governor of the state of California, which I did. <laughs> what it cost? Uh, $100 and 100 signatures. <laughs> so that, that explains some I can't believe you got 100 it. signatures. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me and 1,150 other people oh my God. ran against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who's in the hospital? And oh, no what? It's not a tumor. He just signed on. <laughs> he just signed on to a new TV show or movie. It was posted on Warpark. I can't uh, remember which one it was. I think he's trying to rebuild his um, lovable persona. After, yeah. Uh-huh. After being the governor. After he after he caved his reputation after as being the governor. Terminated it. In considering, uh, he's going, he, uh, four out of five of us sitting here, either are or were just living in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I did. Orange County, Huntington Beach. Five out of five then. Born and raised. Yeah. Me but too. Were you there when he was governor, though? You were gone. No, then. I was gone. I've, I've lived in like five states since. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five? Huntington Beach, that's my hometown. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I won't uh, hold that go against you. I was born on uh, beach or no. Yeah. Beach, like uh, two miles up from PCH. Pacific, yeah. Like Beach Boulevard. Yeah. Pacifica Hospital, which hasn't uh, been there for years. It's that one that was right up the beach, right? Uh, Never there's Pacifica and there's Hainty Beach Hospital, which has changed yeah. names so many times. Yeah, I was pretty young back then. I don't remember which one. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> oh, believe me, sorry. if you lived in Huntington, you would. Oh God, it's such a nice town. Yes, it is. I went to Marina and Ocean View. Oh, nice. I went to Edison. You went to Edison. Yeah. Huntington Beach. Yes, it was a nice town. <laughs> it was. I went to Newport Harbor. Nice. They die ex- heretic. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, beach is awesome. I used to work graveyard shift on the beach burying dead seals. Yeah, it was a fun oh. job. I was that guy in the orange suit. You were the guy in the orange suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you, it's fun. I love the fact that you were working graveyard burying seals. Yeah. Oh. You know, the graveyard came because you had to listen for the bell, the person ringing it in the grave. You know where the term came from? Yes. So you work late at night uh, listening for the bells ringing in the graveyard. People that were buried accidentally, they didn't know they were dead yet. So if you hear that little bell, you go and dig them up. Not dead no, but, yet. <laughs> but you dig yeah, a six you foot could, hole you next to You could actually the, be buried with the little, little bell. string around yeah, your hand. Yeah, the string around your hand. Yeah, you're like, ding. <laughs> yes, awesome. But no, you dig a six foot hole right on the uh, water break next to the seal. And then you take a running jump and kick it because it's going to do a death fart as you <laughs> kick it into the hole. And you've never smelled anything so bad. And it just uh. farts the whole way down. <laughs> Oh my God! And so then now we have next week. Now that we have next week's opening line, <laughs> <laughs> live in the middle of a death fart on Huntington Beach. <laughs> yeah, it was something else. We're gonna have Greg in more often. He's I know. <laughs> he's got funny stories. He's comic book guys. <laughs>
Bill Gross, the legendary bond fund manager, is parting with one of his most prized investments, his collection of rare U.S. stamps. Mr. Gross, who co-founded Pacific Investment Management Company and served as the firm's investment chief until his 2014 departure, plans to sell the collection through a series of auctions. The first sale, which includes many of Mr. Gross's most valuable stamps and covers, is set for September, according to Siegel Auction Galleries. Scott Treble, Siegel's president, expects the sale to raise more than $9.1 million, breaking the record, also held by Mr. Gross. That's funny. My uh, email address at every place I ever worked was Gross. First name is Greg, last name Ross. So I was Gross at wherever I worked. A <laughs> 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 little, little ditty for you. The first sale is about 150 items, and they are the greatest hits of American stamp collecting, Mr. Treppel said. When you add it all up, it comfortably breaks the record. Or should. Or should. So that's going to be one of the biggest auctions then? Mm-hmm. Nice. Among the most prized, a unique block of 24-set stamps from 1869 that feature an inverted image at their center. It's valued at 750 thousand to one million <laughs> and the two set blue hawaii missionary stamp issued in 1851 before hawaii became a u.s state nice. mr gross whose impressive record managing pimco's flagship bond fund and frequent television appearances earned him the moniker as the bond king has also gained prominence in the stamp world for the collections he has amassed over many years mr treble's treple is that how you pronounce treple yeah <laughs> mr treple Said he didn't think, Mr. Gross. I'm having trouble with Treple. I'm sorry. No, I was. That was a Star Trek reference. You know, mm-hmm. trouble with trebles. You have trouble with trouble. I'm having trouble with trouble. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. And then saying gross because my last name being God, so I want to get immediately want to go back to it, and it's just you did this to me. Yes, I'm actually, the Wall Street Journal. It was intentional. Uh, I made sure that uh, Scott Treple became the president of Seagull and that. Uh, Bill Gross became a bond fund manager just to screw you up. You mean this? So, so that they could print this I in the Wall Street it. Journal. That is a long game. There I go. knew it. And then he planted the story in the Wall Street Journal. And the yeah. payoff, the payoff is so good. This is wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. I knew it. I knew it all along. Time to ditch this and go back to talking about comics like we were 16 <laughs> yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, I was having a good time. Mr. Treble said he didn't think Mr. Gross would ever part with his stamps. In the past year, though, he began to ask Mr. Treple if there was a healthy supply of items for collectors eager to buy. He said he wants to return this to the markets and let other collectors have fun, Mr. Treple said. Two years ago, the Smithsonian's National Postal Museum honored Mr. Try some, like, cool announcer voice. Two years ago, the Smithsonian's National Postal Museum honored Mr. Gross with his annual fidelic achievement. Sorry, I can't say <laughs> see? that. See? <laughs> you see? It's not so easy, is it? That was, that was like my long con. Ooh, I, I like that building voice. Up to that. I know, I like that voice too. <laughs> Two years ago, the Smithsonian's National Postal Museum honored Mr. Gross with its annual philatelic achievement award for his philanthropic contributions. Stamp collecting has always been a means to an end for me, Mr. Gross said in a 2016 statement. The bond manager has donated tens of millions of dollars in part from the proceeds of other stamp sales. He also gave more than $10 million to the National Post Museum for its William H. Gross Stamp Gallery. So this guy's lousy with money, huh? Yeah, he's uh, he's got more than he knows what to do Let, with. Let's get him on the show. 
actually he can buy us lunch. He is on. If you want, <laughs> if you want to see him, the uh, the video um, errors freaks. The freaks and errors. Freaks and errors. Sorry, the the freaks and errors has Bill Gross in it, and they discuss it. That's true. Stamps. Yeah, that's right. Nice. You ever talk about what got him into stamps? As a, uh, yes, he does actually. And everybody who hasn't seen this, you should see it. Unfortunately, right now it's for pay, so I think you have to pay five bucks. Believe me, it is a great video. You mean online? It's online. I can find it for free. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. The the interesting thing is how it's edited, because in the beginning it says stamp collecting is great. Then you have stamp collecting is terrible. And then you have stamp collecting is fantastic. And they talk about the one cent uh, magenta that sold for nine you know, quarter million dollars. It's, it's a very, very interesting flow with a lot of very interesting people. Friend of the show, George Holshauer is in it. He talks about stuff. Incredibly interesting. Jim Forty, who we go to uh, lunch with here in Vegas, who is over on Sahara. Um, he's in the movie, movie documentary, whatever. It's worth the five bucks. And once you download it for five bucks, you have it forever. Not watching it is its own penalty. <laughs> we should charge him for a commercial. We should. Yeah. I was impressed earlier. The philanthropic and philatelist was so close to each other. I was surprised like, she didn't stumble and on that. And that's the one I don't yeah, stumble on. You were really uh -huh. good at that. That's a great URL, like philanthropicphilatelist.com. Uh -huh. List all the, uh, the big wigs. Yeah, it's those those little tiny single syllable words that screw me up. <laughs> well, that's my uh, kids have a their favorite. You, you know, they they're talking about stuff and they're talking about oxygen and they're talking about hydrogen and they're talking about carbon. That's that's the element of surprise. Ah, oh, damn! You guys are just pun slingers. It's <laughs> it's quite annoying. <laughs> You One, know, a pun is the lowest form of a of a joke. It's, that's, it's as lowbrow as they get. That's why I uh, embrace it wholeheartedly. Because <laughs> Cash is as lowbrow as they get. <laughs> Stamp show here today. Stamp show here today. You'd say our next story. Are we talking about Mr. Zip? Yep. Apparently. <laughs> Zippy the Pinhead. Everybody should try reading it. We see who has like the coolest announcer voice. You, we know who does. Uh, you do. You, no, everybody. It's between you and Tom. Wait, wait, wait. It's between you and Tom. Yeah, Tom, uh -huh. you got a deep voice. Okay. And you got a face for radio, buddy. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Okay, who, who wants to hey. read this one? Yeah, hey. yeah, Tom, do it. Do Tom. It, do it. All right. Wait, I got to get, get scroll so I can see more of it. Speak, you know, from the diaphragm. Yes, please. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Zip, informally Zippy, is a cartoon character used in the 1960s by the United States Post Office Department and later by its successor, the United States Postal Service, to encourage the general public to include the zip code in all mailings. And why did they need to do that? Because that's when they invented the zip code. Really? Yes. Fun, uh -huh. fun fact. 
And before that, they used zone numbers. And then before that, there was nothing. There was nothing. That's neat. I, I had to That's do a, a geolocation address it, database. Address, it, address it to your neighbor and uh, the city and the county, and they get it. Yeah. Wow. Well, you'd put down like... Uh, oh, in the state. Yeah, you, you put down, you know... Mr. Smith City. Greg. Greg. Yeah. <laughs> and it would get there. Oh, yeah. Because it would be a local delivery, and they would look up and find where Mr. Smith lived, and you know, they generally it was had a small central post office, right? Well, it, was, like, it would be small too. enough where the carrier would probably know who Mr. Smith was <laughs> and know where to deliver it. There so, weren't merely, ne- there weren't nearly as many privacy concerns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's neat. Zip codes are constantly changing too. I have to update my database all the time. Yep. Mr. Zip was based on an original design by Howard Wilcox, who also surprisingly is one of the co-inventors of the tube saw. He must be be rich (laughs) from all those royalties. (laughs) He was the son of a letter carrier and worked with an advertising agency. Wilcox's design was a childlike sketch of a postman delivering a letter. Really? I've seen that picture. That doesn't look childlike to me. I think I've seen it, too. Uh Wilcox... Oops, I read that sentence. The figure was used only a few times, then later filed away. Later, AT&T... Acquire okay. Sorry, that was completely random. I didn't expect AT and T to jump into this conversation. So <laughs> no now. kidding, right? <laughs> I mean, they've 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 jumped into every other part of our lives. Why shouldn't this be surprising? Later, AT and T acquired the design and made it available to the post office department at no cost. So wait, they took something that the post office department already had, bought it, and gave it back to him for free? No, the post office department didn't have it yet. I thought that's what it said at but the top. That's what it says. Yeah, but I don't think they owned it. They didn't own it yet. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It was he was at the advertising it. agency. Oh, based, on right. yeah. uh, based on a design used by Howard Wilcox. Okay. Uh, Just like the Statue of Liberty stamp was based on a design in, this, in New York <laughs> and not Las Vegas. Yeah, did, did, did you hear that everybody... Did Greg, does Greg know about that one? No, but I started laughing because it sounds funny. Because I know of at least two of them here in town, right? Yep. Statue of Liberty. The, uh, they, they, did, a they did a Statue of Liberty stamp that was the head of Lady Liberty Yeah. and uh, found out later, much to their chagrin, that it was not actually a based off the picture of the actual Statue of Liberty, but it was based off a photograph that an art that a... Sorry, a photographer took of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> oh, in front of New no. York, New York, and he <laughs> subsequently and, and he subsequently sued them <laughs> for copyright infringement. Oh no! Oops. Oops. Yeah, that's pretty lame of him to sue. Miami-based post office department artist Joe Lawrence retained the face, but sharpened the limbs and torso, and added a mailbag. The new figure, who Lawrence had dubbed Mister Zip was unveiled at a convention of postmasters Ooh. in October 1962. I was hoping we get to see it. <laughs> well, of course. Excuse me. Do you, do you uh, put like a slideshow up with this uh, podcast? No, but what I'll do is I'll you put totally this should. on uh, Facebook. <laughs> and uh, Oh, yeah, there you it, go. So people can look at it on Facebook. Oh, God. The post office had little difficulty in getting mass mailers to use the zip code as it could make its inclusion a condition of receiving preferential mailing rates, and so they did. There was some resistance by the general public, though. It was cheaper if you used it. For the mass mailers, for normal people, it didn't make any difference yeah. whatsoever. Mis- That's with the, the four extension on the uh, zip code, too. People still aren't using it. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Zip was the post office's answer to this, intended to teach small children to always use the zip code and also encourage their parents to do so also. 
I find Sounds this familiar. Stick, <laughs> I, I find uh-huh. the stick works better than the carrot. The little guy should have been like really scary and he'll come and get you. <laughs> and, he, you know, and he knows where you live because he's part of the postal uh, system. That's right. Because I'm like vampire zip, guy. He comes right through the front door, not down the damn chimney. Use your, use your zip code or Krampus is coming to get you. <laughs> Krampus, yep. That's what I was thinking. Throw you in the bag and beat you with a stick. They call me Mr. Zip. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. <laughs> the character was largely phased out by the late 1970s, but the post office retained rights to the copyrighted figure. Mr. Zip appeared on the selvage, not postally valid areas, of stamped sheets. I want to make a horror comic, Mr. Zip, sell it to Image. It's about a, a serial killer postal guy. <laughs> I'm liking this. He's going I'll, I'll postal. Works, works up, yeah. See, that's too obvious. It I has know, to be a little bit more subtle. A little more subtle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't make him look like Ted Kaczynski. No, he he can be like uh, fighting one uh, Batman or something like that, and Batman has to track him down. No, this guy would be more insidious. Like he goes you through the mail, and he you'd he, have trouble he, if he you tried to do that by, with Batman. By potentially what they order or what they oh, write. You know, uh, he's just really selective, like a bizarre serial killer based on mail. Or 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 what postage was used. Or he he's can be package he can thief be like, serial killer. <laughs> he can be like some of the other ones where he's sort of a disembodied body that curses and follows the mail through the system. That's interesting. Cursed mail. Cursed Mr. Mail. Zip. You know, I'm going to work on it. I'll <laughs> have, a, I'll have a, a treatment next next time we're on. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know how you rarely get two matching socks out of a laundry load of laundry? What is with you and socks? <laughs> <laughs> well, some somebody keeps taking my tube socks. And, well... Co-inventing them. <laughs> Somebody keeps taking the mail. <laughs> Must be Mr. Zip. Yeah, Mr. Zip is a good name. And you could make kind of a sketchy character based on that cute little stick figure. Yeah. My wife, by the way, calls them sock gremlins. They come and steal your socks at night. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's my cat that does it. I've seen so her run off with No a, relation with to the well, underpants my wife, my wife does believe that sock gremlins, ah, do, South Park. Sock uh-huh. gremlins do ride cats. So... <laughs> My favorite part no, of the episode, in, though, in was the... South Park, it's underwear. The, the pause and then profit. Yeah. <laughs> Best part. Yeah. Step one, get the underwear. Step F2. two, question mark. Step F3, three, profit. profit. <laughs> Mr. Zip appeared on the selvage of stamp sheets for many issues beginning with the five-cent Sam Houston stamp issued January 10th, 1964. Although the five-cent Battle of the Wilderness stamp of May 5th, 1964 is sometimes listed as the first because it appears earlier in most stamp catalogs due to its inclusion in a five-issue Civil War series. Occasionally, when they have scheduled sets, um, and this started, most sets were issued either all on the same day or uh, in a series like the famous Americans were issued every week or every other week. Um but when they get into the 50s and 60s, when they want to do a stamp set, a lot of times, if they're not all issued on the same day, then they're maybe issued one a year or something like that. Then the catalog will group them together as a set because it's supposed to be a, a common theme. But then at other times they don't do that, such as the Legends of Hollywood series where they're just scattered throughout the listings and you have to go find them. Or the Black Heritage or, uh, you know, there's a number of other series that are like that. What's the distinction uh, of commemorative and definitive? Uh, commemorative stamps commemorate an event or an anniversary and are generally 
generally only up for one printing. Oh. And they're generally only available from the post office for a year. Is that more collectible? Not necessarily. Definitive stamps are, are workhorse stamps. They're usually multi-denominational uh. and uh, cover a variety of rates, and they can be reprinted multiple times over, over decades. Decades, even. Yeah. I'm so stamp 101 over here. Well, that's okay. Well, catalog number, is that referring to Scott or something yeah. from the postal system? The Scott. Okay. See, I'm learning. So... Uh, Take the test at the end. But of other other times, like <laughs> with the Celebrate the Century series, uh, the catalog editors knew that there were a certain number of sheets coming out, and so they reserved those spots. And then, as the items were issued over the next ah, year or so, right, right. they went all together in the catalog. So it, it's really up to the catalog editor how they want to list them. If they have advance notice that there's going to be a certain number, then uh, sometimes they'll reserve numbers in the catalog numbering system for that uh, other times they just put them in one at a time uh, comic get books get just as stupid they'll stop one numbering system reboot it to one eh, decide to go back at a decimal point here or there it just it's just yeah. a mess sometimes or an issue number zero. Oh yeah no those actually do really well it's usually a pre-story we yeah. have an we have a episode zero for people who want to go find it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah that's good. Episode yeah. zero usually of Stamp should, Show here today. Yeah, you should do, usually do it like well into the story. So the episode 10 is actually episode zero. Nah, I think uh, our episode zero hit like about episode 20 or oh, 21. Okay, good. Something no, like I don't that. think it was that late. I think it was, it was earlier than that. Oh, okay. Episode zero was entire, recorded entirely backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like that Twin Peaks episode. There is no rule six. <laughs> Mr. Zip also appeared on non-postally valid labels inside or on the cover of stamp booklets. And as a note, the post office reintroduced Mr. Zip to stamps in 2013, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the zip code system. So there's a variety of uh, actual images of Mr. Zip. He kind of morphed throughout the years. And sometimes he's running, sometimes he's standing, sometimes collecting his different positions not only uh, positions on the pane of stamps, but also his different caricatures and, you know, poses, it can be kind of interesting. But there's also a lot of auxiliary-related material, like the, like the booklet covers. Uh, I've got a couple of lapel buttons uh, and some other things that are out there that were used to yeah, he promote was, he was popular. He was very popular. Yeah. It's one of the more popular postal service things that uh, that I've been able to find. And they're not as popular as Evil Mister Zip, which is going to be coming out. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking maybe he gets <laughs> upset about the way postage stamp was used, and like not put on properly, uh, no, canceled wrong, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to give that some thought. But just like people used to collect plate blocks, they used to collect zip code blocks, and they're generally in a different in an opposite corner from the plate block. The plate numbers maybe being at the the left or the right and then Mr. Zip being on the other side. Um, so Separated by a mail early in the day. Sometimes. Which absolutely doesn't matter at all today because everything gets picked up regularly. Yeah, you know, and I've seen stocks of these blocks where there's mail early in the day blocks and nobody collects them. They're not even, most of them are not even listed in the catalog. Don't say nobody because I'm going to get a bunch well, of er, 
mad, mad people <laughs> texting me saying, "What the? What do you mean nobody collects I these? Ha- Look at my collection. Well, I have an entire box. Be... I'll sell it to you at twice face. <laughs> how could they not be in the catalog? I, I thought that was the whole purpose of the, the Scott's catalog is to they catalog list, everything. They list what exists, but at some point they have to say, "Well, they list what is marketable." It, the Scott's bastards. Ca- <laughs> well, but that's not even true. They list yeah. stuff that isn't even marketable, yeah. and then they list other <laughs> stuff that is. I mean, a good example of that would be the circus souvenir sheets that were in the... Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are very, very marketable, yes. yet they won't list them and they won't footnote them. So those, I saw those going so for... Uh, I saw those going for the highest price I've seen is 95 bucks. Yeah. $95 so for... the clown stamp? Yeah, for $2 souvenir sheet. Now, this is the die-cut one. This is not the imperf. But 95 bucks. The imperfs are still going for 4 or 5 though. So That's if you can find them. <laughs> you're telling me there's a whole array of stamps out there that potentially have no Scott number? Yes. yes. So yes. I'm starting the anti-Scott catalog, and it's going to have <laughs> only those in it. That's going to be an awful darn big book. And it's going and to be Mr. published Piz. by the... Uh, no, no, it'll be online. The it'll evil be Mr. Wiki. Zippy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh, great reverse, domain. Yeah, revert, reverse Mr. his name and just call him Mr. Piz. Piz. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, Disney did that. See, in the With comic who? world, everything is. Yen Sid. It's who? like there's this eagerness to index the entire existence of that? all comics. That doesn't exist in your world, huh? It does, but it's but it hasn't <laughs> been actually accomplished. Hmm. We need to get that knowledge. Uh, the average collector is getting older. That knowledge needs well, to be captured. Part of the problem is. Um, How big most, do you want to make this? Most catalog? collectors. Well, no, online. You could not make this a print. Mo- yeah. mo- oh, okay. a, a, a lot of collectors, their initial foray into collecting tends to be the country where they reside or where they grew up. Or um, their because, religion. Because that's the most familiar. And then as they mature as collectors, they branch out into other things. And sometimes it starts with topicals, but um, if you're going to collect a country, generally your first choice is something that has a personal meaning, either where you live or where you've grown up or where your heritage is or something like that. And a lot of these countries have their own specialized catalog, which means there will be things listed in that catalog that aren't listed in uh, another catalog that's more general. Now, like like the, the Scott catalogs, they're based here in the U.S., even though they print a worldwide collect, uh, catalog, they don't necessarily include all the specialized information that, from, say, France that you would find in the French specialized catalog or the British specialized catalog. They don't necessarily include all of that because their target audience is not necessarily that into those areas. I guess I'm just so stuck on tech, right? MediaWiki is a free open source software. It's what they use for wiki throw up a site hey i'll throw a subdomain up your website and let people enter what they please oh i totally understand that and as stamp collecting sh- begins to shift from the older generation to the younger generation yeah, you have to adopt the tech uh, you're going to see the scott's catalog go online and right now scott's is fighting desperately to continue to make Over, their catalog that, that's because, still doing the same thing that's because they're owned by a publishing company yeah and they're so invested in a paper product. Right. Well, comics, same thing. Overstreet's still a, a could be a hardbound or softbound. You buy it. Uh, the previews catalog, what I have to order comics from every week. There's now a Marvel's one. There's a 
the general previews catalog. Huge sucker. Big whack the dog piece of book. Mm-hmm. And now Image <laughs> makes one too. And those damn things are a pseudo collectible for God's sakes. So well, the Scotch catalog the industry, is so, right? Yeah. It's not catching up, but at the same time, digital comics was a flop. I, I believe it, I believe in my house, you want collectibles. I think I have like a 1945 or 1947 Scotts catalog at home. Nice, and it's one volume, probably right. Well, it was the U.S. catalog. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's it's you know it's a hardbound book, and it's probably you know. One third the size physically yeah. is the current one. Yeah. I have like the last fifteen years of uh, <laughs> all the crap they gave away at Comic Con, all the souvenir books, mm-hmm. just sitting on a bookshelf. So well, that's why that. they came. That's why Scott's Catalog came out with the uh, classics book. Well, but even then, there's a lot of stuff that's not in there that you have to go to a oh, specialized yeah. catalog in a foreign country for. Oh, not not just that. But and if you don't yeah. read that language or can't understand that language, then you either are at the mercy every you know if they decide they're going to put out an English catalog then you have to wait for that version or you have to learn the language yep so would your users be do you have a the enough users or uh, listeners of your podcast to actually start some type of wiki like that would people be interested in putting their know. knowledge into we, a system like that we have uh, it's open source free we haven't everybody. broken 20,000 I yeah. looked at that yeah you would need like 200,000 yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's all it's, it's a numbers game right yeah, <laughs> you probably get seven people. <laughs> Here's my information. Well, the interesting thing is, though, the people who listen to this podcast yeah. are the younger collectors. Oh, cool. And they are the ones who will, you know, look at it and say, oh, yeah, I'll use my cell phone to pull up a Scotch catalog. But we literally have people who ask us here at PSE for the stamp marker quarterly. They want the book. And go, well, you know, you can pull it up on your cell phone. They go, oh, I don't have a cell phone. They go, you don't have a cell phone? <laughs> or if they have one, it's a it, flip phone. It's a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. I, my my mother-in-law just switched to a smartphone a few months ago because they basically told her her old phone was like 3G yeah. and they were phasing it out. So she had to get a new one. And she had, it was a flip phone. She didn't want a smartphone. Yeah. Interesting thing. I got phones for but my just parents. like everybody else, now she can't stop playing games on it. So oh, of course, I, I, I got apps. phones for my I, parents. I try never to play games. And my my mom got a smartphone. My dad got a flip phone. And I mean, <laughs> no. Why don't, why don't we go ahead and start petering out right now? I think we've been petering for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> I need to change my pants. I've petered a little too much. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> okay. And another peter. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com. 
podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Sure Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Thank <laughs> you. 